What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 32 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and we are on an off week, but mm-hmm. you're going to join us for some motorsport news, some track stats today. We're going to talk a little bit about F1 Academy, Furious Hot Takes, but first, how are you doing, Em? Why are you saying, what? Like, well, I don't know. I just haven't spoken too much this week. How are you doing? Oh, usually when you say that, it's something to do with, like, Lance. Like, something <laughs> happened to Lance. Oh, you thought that I was, I was... Like leading, like setting me leading, up, setting you up for uh, a lance. Mm-hmm. No, I did see something this week that his actions um, were being evaluated by the FIA. Yes, last week, but he, apparently he had apologized to the FIA and he was given a written warning because it go like I guess what he did, not I guess what he did goes against like the FIA. Uh, what was it? Well, it'd be some sort of media policy, like or code of conduct. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, something against the ethics codes. Yeah. And so he, he apologized, or like he presented the FIA with an apology. Like he didn't say anything publicly. And his trainer is just like, no, it's cool. Like we're all good. Like they really downplayed it. Well, of course. But just a written warning. Okay. You know who didn't get a written warning for like a different incident? Who? Lewis. For what? When he crossed the track. We were literally just talking about it for the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. You this, this just in. This just in. <laughs> Breaking news. I am sure... All of you who watched the race last weekend saw the clip of Lewis getting out of his car after his collision and crossing the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually know that, that 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 was something that you weren't allowed to do because, and it could be different because it was quality, but Logan Sargent did it during qualifying two races ago mm-hmm. and there was no no conversation about whether that should have happened or not. But I suppose maybe because it was quality and not the race, it's different. Um, tell me what you know. So like after that, lap one incident with George Lewis got out of the car there was a safety car but then he crossed the track to get back to the pit lane and he was fined 50,000 euros for doing that and now he's under investigation I don't really know why (laughs) I haven't like like they're revisiting this is FIA is revisiting the incident so the article that you saw came out when six hours ago okay so this is this is a week ago Mm mm-hmm and they're revisiting and it they're now. revisiting it now. Right before CODA. Um, the FIA notes that Lewis was apologetic to the stewards um, after the incident and acknowledged that the crossing was a serious safety breach. However, in his view of his role model status, the FIA is concerned about the impression his actions may have created on younger drivers. Why are they holding him to a higher standard? Yeah, I don't know. If a rule's a rule, then a rule's a rule. That's one thing. But to hold Lewis to a standard... Because he's a role model. I mean, obviously, he's one of the greats in the sport. He, I would say he is should be looked at as a role model by younger drivers. But that doesn't mean that you hold him to a different standard in terms of rules than somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. Like, they're trying to make it an example out of him for some reason. But, but like, why? But, right. I mean, he was already fined 50,000 euros. Right. I hope nothing else comes of this. What would come of it? What would they... Like, what else could he do? It wasn't like it was, like, a racing incident. Right. It's not like they can give him a penalty. I don't well, know. I, I don't, like, he, I don't know. The FA does what the FA wants to do. So Clearly. they could. Maybe, the, maybe they do give him a penalty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they made make him start from the pit lane. I, who knows? That's, I'm not wishing for any of this. Uh, I'm wishing for nothing else to come of this. Because I just it makes don't know no sense. why, like, why a week later? I bet you Christian Horner took an envelope of stuff to the <laughs> FIA and said, hey, you might want to just... Like it's here if you want to if you want to look at it. You want to look at it? I'm just gonna slide this here. Do whatever you want with that information. <laughs> um, Anyways, that was Lewis Hamilton. That's the update. That is. How did you get hours. out of me asking you how you're doing by a racing segue? What do you mean? 
you just, I don't I'm think. Doing, you... I'm doing great. <laughs> Life is good. I don't know what you want me to say. Everything is good. Just asking my friend how she's doing. You, I didn't know we were friends in real life, Hannah. <laughs> this is a joke because multiple episodes ago now, and I apologize multiple times. I don't times. even think it was in the episode. It was just a, a conversation just a we were having. Yeah. I said, my friends in real life, I was talking about my non-racing friends, and Emma took that to mean that she is not a friend of mine in real life. That's and what you said. You said... Kate, it is what I said, but I've explained to you that I did not mean you are not my real friend. I meant my friends who are not involved in the racing world. So I had... There was... My friends were sending me TikToks of an incident that they had no idea about because it's an F1 event. I was calling them my friends in real life. Not that my motorsport friends aren't my friends. They're actually probably more my friends than my normal friends. <laughs> anyway, Hannah, how are you? I'm great. I'm a little tired. Mm-hmm. Um... But I also am a little concerned because I'm a puppy mom of a little one who is extremely sick right now. So she's not a puppy. Well, she's two. <laughs> she's a puppy in my eyes. I don't know. She's just like, just, I don't know if she ate something funny or what, but like it was just the worst day ever yesterday. And we know my phobia of physical illness. Yeah. Um, and dealing even with a puppy who has a physical illness, it was tough for me, but I'm here now. You say puppy, but she's a grown dog. I just want the listeners to know. She is two years old. But she's she's not like a puppy puppy. Okay. Well, to me, she is. <laughs> she acts like one. Okay, let's get back into motorsports. Um, we're not going to Coda, which you said already, which is really sad. And we're going to have really big FOMO. But we're going to talk about it still. I'm so sad. I know. We really actually did look into making it work. But by the time we knew that we would have passes... Flights were astronomical. And now they're just insane. Like, I, I actually couldn't, I couldn't justify no. the flight. Mm-mm. Like even having the passes, it doesn't, it's not like, oh, we're saving money. Like we're not, we no. wouldn't be saving money. No. Like these flights were re- ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, but that's what we get for living in a city that's not like an international hub. For oh, I thought you were going to say the North Pole. <laughs> that's what we get for living in the North Pole. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so we're not going to Coda, but a lot of our other content creator friends are. Yes. So we're going to be living vicariously through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually might try not to because I will have extreme FOMO if I continue to look at my phone and see the fun things that they're all doing. Yeah. If so, if we're like not on social media <laughs> for next weekend, um, it's because we're sad. It's for our, our own mental health sake. Yeah. We will get into Coda in a little bit because I have this week's edition of Track Stats. Also... So the the week that Katie we did the interview with Katie when I was in Florida, mm-hmm. um, there was no track stats because we just threw out the interview with Katie. That's that was a whole episode. She deserves a whole episode on her own. It was great. We had awesome feedback from it. But I had someone reach out to us, a loyal follower of ours, who said, "Hey, there was no track stats this week," and I kind of look forward to that as like. Mm-hmm my place to learn something. So I was like, okay, not a problem. Track stats is easy enough to do on TikTok. So I made a TikTok about track stats. I don't know where you're going with this. Well, that's because I haven't finished my story yet. (laughs) And I I posted it on TikTok and on Instagram. And then I had like three or four comments between the two platforms being like, hey, you should do this every week for every track. I'm like, I do. I do. And I usually post the clip on TikTok as well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I, but I think maybe because it's not like a, a its own dedicated video, yeah. it c- could just be like a snippet of like us mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, there's this corner," and then we go off on a tangent, and that's the clip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I'm going to try to do is actually put out track stats TikToks every week, 
well, every week when I do it. But anyways, that made me laugh because this person's like, oh my gosh, you should really do this every week. It's like, yeah, I didn't just start at the Singapore Grand Prix. Like, <laughs> I've been this. doing it. I've <laughs> been doing this. I mean, yeah, because we have followers that don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense as to why they're like, hey, do this again. Yeah. So for those of you who listen to the podcast and watch the clips, if you see double track stats, just, you know, deal with it. Give it a like and move on. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk. We didn't talk about it last week, but I did want to talk about it. Andretti to F1. Yeah, yeah. I just want to dive into this like you, real this quickly. This is your... I, I know nothing. <laughs> so a lot of teams, um, not a lot of teams, but four. Hi, Hannah. Qu- I, Hannah just raised her hand. Go ahead. I have to say something. Okay. I've been watching the Cars trilogy this weekend because <laughs> I'm preparing for something really fun on the podcast. And that's all we'll That say. you'll all know about very shortly. And... There is a cameo from Mario Andretti in Cars. Is there actually? <laughs> in the first one. Oh, I didn't know this. Uh, he's a car. Probably. Yeah. They're all cars. They're all cars. But there is a Mar- Mario Andretti car. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm, I thought of it. I was like, must share with Emma. And now I'm going to let you continue. Sorry. Well, I think in one of the Cars sequels, when they're, they have... I don't... I haven't... Lewis watched. Hamilton. Yeah. He he voices one of them, but in like the Spanish version of the cars, I think it's Fernando. Um, oh. And then they had different drivers voice like a certain uh, So car. it's the third cars, I believe. And I it's so. the one where like Lightning is like a little older now. And there's like the newer, like high speed, like more fancy car that's like trying to... I, I'm, I'm, I'm not done the third one yet. <laughs> I just started it I last haven't night. seen the third one. Oh, okay. Well, then so. I'm ahead of you. Um, anyways, I think Lewis Hamilton voices that character. No, he doesn't voice a character. Oh. He, like, makes an appear. It's, like, a, literally, like, a, a one line. So he voices a character. A character. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> when you get to the part, you'll know. Because it's not... Anyway. Do they say it's Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so, it's, like, it's, like, the car that... The car that is talking has this function where it can be, like, like... It can sound like anyone else. I don't know if it's like some sort of Bluetooth thing or whatever. And so he's like, oh, I can be Lewis Hamilton if you want. And then Lewis Hamilton's voice shows up for a no line. Way. And then in like a Spanish version, it's Fernando. Okay, and, so and I'm it's... totally wrong. I thought that that Lewis was the the car no. that's like the new up and coming driver. But I don't think I so. think I do think that that car is modeled after like a Mercedes type mm. Type deal. Okay. Okay, I'm done now. Andretti into F1. <laughs> Andretti into F1. So the FIA, it's not even recent anymore, but they had approved Andretti Motorsports uh, F1 application, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that they're actually racing. Mm-hmm. Now they have to go into, or now they need to like have negotiations with Formula One management mm-hmm. and the Formula One like commercial agreements mm-hmm. to, because right now FOM, like Formula One management ha- has not shown any interest in having more than 10 teams. Mm-hmm. So even though the FIA approves they still need to it's like another step that they need to pass yeah i am not a business person that is all i know in that situation um but lewis hamilton had spoken up about the andretti to f1 um and i just want to quote what he said because i think it is really important and as females in motorsport like we are a minority just by being females in motorsport and Mm -hmm. like talking about it Mm -hmm. um and formula one and Lewis Hamilton specifically really pushes for more diversity in the sport. Yeah. And so Lewis had had said, 
Um, firstly, it's he said, it's not that I don't support Andretti. I think from a driver's perspective, it's exciting to see more cars. And the idea of an 11th team, well, we have over 2,000 people in our team. So it's a huge amount of jobs. But then he said, we have to make sure that the criteria, which is correct, which is quite strict, is really respected. I feel like we need to amend the criteria and make sure that there's an opportunity for real impact, really making sure that if there is a new team, they have to be diverse. They have to perhaps create an opportunity for a female driver to come through. It has to be diverse from the top up. And at the moment, it's all white owners and there's a real lack of diversity from the top down. It's all male and that needs to change. I mean, bravo. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we know about Andretti Motorsports. Um, I don't think a lot of the drivers are, I don't think anyone in F1 right now, and I could be talking out of my behind right now, <laughs> but I, I haven't seen much positive, um, feedback. feedback. About no, yeah. I haven't either. I think because they know that already 20 cards is a lot. Right. And we said this last week, like when there's, when everyone is trying to rush out and get that final lap into yeah. qualifying. Yeah. Already there's instances where some drivers don't make it. If you watch F2, you'll see that this does happen because mm-hmm. there's like 25, 26 mm-hmm. cars. Mm-hmm. Some drivers don't get that final lap in because mm-hmm. they don't cross the start, finish, straight line, whatever, in time. So if there's 22 cars, are two cars kind of screwed? Right. Like on one hand, I would love to see the brand that is Andretti mm-hmm. come into Formula One. I think that there's more opportunities, like Lewis said, more jobs, um, an opportunity for diversity. But from a strictly, like, traffic standpoint, mm-hmm. like, I just don't know. Yeah. Already, a lot of these tracks are just not good for the modern right. day car. Right. And you're going to put two more cars on there. Well, it's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I think that if you do allow another team... Well, first of all, who's to say this is not the last team? Mm-hmm. Like, the, because Andretti makes an entrance into Formula 1, potentially, then there could be more business owners being like, we want to make a mm-hmm. team in F1, whatever. And there has to be a limit at some point. I do understand that. Uh, but I do think that potentially tracks have to be changed if they do mm-hmm. bring in two more cars. Because, yeah, from a strictly traffic and, like, safety standpoint, that needs to be um, respected as well. So, yeah. But we will see. Nothing is confirmed yet. And it wouldn't be for next year. I think it's, what, for 2025 or 2026? Does it make you think about the pipeline of Andretti indie drivers to F1 potentially? Oh, Hmm. I didn't think of that until now because they could, if they were to get a team, right. they could bring in their indie drivers who already have that experience right. in a single-seater car and bring them over to F1. Well, but, it's but, kind of what Aero McLaren does in a way where they have a reserve driver, mm-hmm. even though Alex Pillow was a reserve driver this year, so that made no sense, but um, to have a reserve driver within the team and just like, like Pato was just at the McLaren Technology Center mm-hmm. in the UK um, and just doing work with the team and whatnot. So just having that like aspect of like, we cover both um, series. But uh, this could also be a great opportunity to bring in new talent. Right. Oh, I'm with you. Yes. Like I could see why they would want to just like bring their indie driver over to F1, but you got so many talented drivers in yeah. it too. Yeah. And we've talked oh, about the, the lack of opportunity and how many talented drivers there are out there. So this like, could be an opportunity. Right. Well, is or would they do that though, or would they not want to risk it? Yeah, I don't a know. We shall questions. see. A lot of questions. I think we should. I think we should hop into the Checo rumors. Okay, let's do it. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this. Go ahead. Well, do you have the Reddit post by chance? I don't have the Reddit post. Okay, I can pull up so the Reddit post. I I did see it on on Twitter. 
This could be a really chaotic podcast. I'm feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 um. Okay, so this week it was kind of like there was like kind of like all of a sudden breaking news graphics on Instagram and it was like Checo to retire at the end of the season and to be announced at the Mexican Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wait, what? Where did this, Where come, did from? this come from? Where did this Because none from? of it was like official Red Bull or whatnot. But you know, you see like motorsports news accounts posting it. Um, but like motorsport news accounts that you can trust. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Not just like gossip pages. No, no, no. It so was, it was like, yeah. It was like, is this real? Right. Continue. And we are kind of confused because, like, there was no statement from Checo. There was no statement from Red Bull. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what's going on? So, naturally, I get on Twitter. And this came from a Reddit post. So, I'll kind of just summarize the Reddit post because it is quite long. But it's from user... Chidi Anna Kendrick. So, that's the, us- the username. Yes, continue. Um, okay. So, the, the title says, Sergio Perez will announce his retirement during the Mexican Grand Prix weekend. Um, I guess there is a sponsor called Escuderia Telmex. And it's a, it was a high ranking employee from this company that told a group of people at a quote unquote dinner party. Um, so this person says that they met this person at like a dinner party and they didn't, they had known who they were because they were involved in like racing circles in Mexico and they had worked for Escuderia Telmex. They were linked directly to international sponsorship deals, it says. So Checo Perez um, and other motorsports people up until 2022. So they had stopped working for the company apparently in 2022. Um, this is what was said at the at the quote unquote dinner party. Um, Red Bull has told Sergio they will not keep him for 2024, breaking his existing contract. This, this person says there's nothing new in F1 or for Red Bull this season because they did it with Nick, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Contracts essentially mean nothing with Red Bull. No. Um, apparently, this decision was communicated during the week of the Japanese Grand Prix. Put a pin in that. Would be interesting to go back and watch Sergio's interviews that weekend, but I haven't done that yet. This is what the user's saying. Um, Checo's team immediately started looking around and talking to people, but there's two main problems. There are no seats available. The only one not confirmed is Williams and maybe Lance's isn't as secure as everyone thought. And the other issue they're saying is that the past four to five months have been extremely damaging to Sergio's well-earned reputation. Other teams have mentioned to them how he is now on the older side and the once known tire whisperer and Mexican minister of defense, those are nicknames that he's been given in F1, just based on driving style. He's now a mid driver with some epic drives here and there, is what this Reddit post is saying. Um, they're saying he completely collapsed under the pressure of being on a championship winning team, so other teams don't see themselves kicking out somebody else to put Checo in one of their cars. Although the sponsorship package that comes with him would certainly make teams in the lower half of the field have a real think about it. So that's the sponsorship from this Escuderia Telmex. Mm. Um, this person doesn't know anything about who will replace Checo in twenty four in twenty twenty four. Um, but yes, it said they are saying like during the the weekend between Japan and Qatar. Sergio and his team came to the conclusion that it was time to end his Formula One career as a result of what Red Bull has has done and how why he and and because he can't necessarily secure himself a spot for next year. Um, the announcement will be made during the Mexican Grand Prix weekend in three weeks, and that would be it. So again, this is all currently a rumor. Um, Red Bull has come out since and said that. Like, they've debunked it and was like, no. Checo had an interview and said, he didn't say, like, this is completely incorrect. He did say, I have a contract with Red Bull until the end of 2024. Like, that's how he worded it. I mean, that is a, that's a fact. Which is true. That's a fact. That doesn't say much 
to the tune of what's what's come out this like, week. Nick DeVries also had a contract. Right. <laughs> like, I, like, how many others can we, can yeah. we name? Alex Alblon had a contract. Pierre Gasly had a contract. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. So, yeah, you can make your own decision on what that actually, what truth actually is to come of this. I guess we'll truly find out in about three weeks' time. My one thing that makes it kind of unbelievable to me is that Red Bull wouldn't... Like, I guess you had to wait to make the decision, but the fact that Red Bull wouldn't have secured Checo another seat before canning him. It's if, not, it's, they're, it's not, I know it's not up to them, but to wait, like the driver lineup was kind of just confirmed. Yeah. So then to wait till the driver lineup is confirmed and then do this is like, I think a little shady. I mean, Red Bull as a team with their contracts, are shady. Are have been shady. Mm-hmm. Um, not the contracts themselves, but just the fact that they don't really honor a contract um, too often. I shouldn't say too often. They okay. they haven't honored many contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that they would have more respect for Checo as a person, if this is true, to have allowed him the time to find another seat before, you know. I heard that... I think this is just part of it that I heard that if Checo loses second place in the championship, then his seat's gone. Well, I don't think he'll come second in the championship. No. <laughs> I don't know. Use Kate, you said put a pin in the Japanese Grand Prix. Yes. So if we're saying that this happened during the Japanese Grand Prix weekend, he DNF'd Japan. Mm-hmm. And he came in 10th in Qatar. His driving since that weekend, now we don't know if it was, in, if it was before or after the race in Japan, um, has not been up to par. Well, yeah, because if this was on his mind, him potentially losing his seat. Right. That could affect his driving. Right. Mm. And I'm not saying that that is evidence that this happened because Checo hasn't had a, had a good season. second half of the season yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. But I am saying that if I'm told that I don't have a job next year, I'm probably DNFing as well. <laughs> What do I always say? Or there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, we saw some foreshadowing because Danny was in Nashville for like a Red Bull racing event. Okay. And he was in the Red Bull. So this is what else I was going to bring up. What? Look, I love to see it. Why was Danny in a Red Bull this week? Yeah, why wasn't Checo or Max? In or the Max Bull? in the Red Bull. I mean, to be fair, Danny was already in the States. Um, he was already there. So it's not like they had to fly out one of these drivers like Max or Checo. Right. Like, fly them out early get them used to the time chain, um, and then get them in the car for the event. Like, Danny's already there. If I'm Checo and I see Danny Rick having a spectacle in Nashville in a Red Bull car in a Red Bull racing suit... I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Yeah. So I think whether it was, you know, a team thing, like AlphaTari and Red Bull are, like, sister mm-hmm. teams, or whether it was just, like, it's Danny's brand to be in Nashville, or he was already in the States. Like, the excuses can be made, but, like, bottom line... That should have been a Red Bull, a Red Bull racing driver. Yeah. So, and look, again, didn't hate to see it. Love Danny in a cowboy hat. He was doing donuts. He was. Also love seeing Danny back in the car. Right. We've been waiting for this. His return to F1 again. Mm -hmm. So he will be back this weekend. Yeah. And that means Liam Lawson goes back to being a reserve driver. But he did good. Snaps for Liam. I think he did great with his time he was given. Mm -hmm. Definitely made a case to to get himself a seat. Unfortunately, the decision was made. Um... Yeah. For him, unfortunately for him, the decision was made. But hey, the, we, we it's a whole domino effect. Oh, I was like, what? We go to Checo being canned, Danny taking that seat, and then Liam 
takes Liam could take that second Danny's Alphatari seat. Alpha, Alpha Tari seat. Mm-hmm. That it would all work out for no, Red Bull, except for Checo. Yeah. Anyways, right. so that is the Red Bull rumors. But he does have a contract. That is that. No one's disputing the fact that he has a contract. <laughs> They're just disputing whether it's going to be upheld or not. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about McLaren for a second. Pato. Yes. They were in Barcelona for testing. It was like a private testing event. Pato took place um, in it, as well as Rio, the other reserve driver, now that Alex Pillow is not a reserve driver. Um, when did Alex Pillow stop being a reserve driver? When he went back on their contract. Remember? Because right. Aaron McLaren was supposed to have him, or there was like right, this Aaron right, McLaren right, contract. Right, 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 right. Um, Wait, have you ever watched Alex Pillow interviews? He's very funny. He's very funny. He's so funny. Do you know he's like the coffee king in the IndyCar grid? No, I didn't. He like has a coffee, like, a really high-tech coffee maker, and he'll, like, make different coffees for people. I love that. I, I know. <laughs> so that's, that's a Spanish man. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so Pato and Rio were both in the testing, as well as Zach Brown was in the car. The band or the person? The, <laughs> the whole band got in the McLaren car. That made me laugh more than if it if it makes nobody else laugh, that's fine. I'm yeah, Zach Brown got in the it was the MCL 35M, and it was Danny's car that he drove. Just it was like he was just driving it. I think just like it's just like a street car. Like no, like Danny Rick's car that he drove in 2021. Oh, Zach was in that car this last week. Is he qualified? I mean, like it's his company. I suppose. Did, did he, okay. What's Zach Brown's racing history? Did he? Okay, so I did try to look it up. Okay. Um, he has some, I think, some background in it. Hang okay. On. So he raced with Indy Lights. Oh, so he himself was in the Indy series. Yeah. Okay. Not very long, and then in like, uh, like a German Formula Three championship, he raced. Um, he has like he does have a racing background, so it's not like he comes from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he is both. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Similar to Toto. Toto yeah. spent some time racing. Decided. No, I wanted the business side of it. Anyway, yeah, Zach Brown was in Danny Rick's race winning car. Well, one race winning one car. One race winning car. How, how do you feel about that? It's still a race winning car. It's still a race winning um, car. Um, how do I feel about that? Um, I think Zach probably just loved that moment for himself. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how am I supposed to feel about it. I, don't I feel know. like I just it's, it's kind of like a little like yeah, we we've all moved on, but it's like a little weird slap in the face, maybe. A little bit, kind of. Like, you could look at it that way. I I could let someone make that argument. I'm not going to make that argument myself, but I could see where. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I am excited to see um, Pato in Abu Dhabi. I think, yeah, and that's where he's participating in the free practice. Race? Is it Abu Dhabi? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very I'm excited. excited. I think everyone's excited. He had his, like, seat fitting mm. a while ago, like, at the McLaren Technology Center, so... He's ready. I'm so excited. We've got a, a small Wegman. Esteban has a girlfriend. Potentially. And she's like a model and also in med school. Potentially. They've been following each other on Instagram for a few weeks. She, she, I think she recently liked a bunch of his recent photos. So they must be dating. They must be dating. <laughs> when there's smoke, there's fire, as Hannah says. <laughs> and he, apparently, like, people think that this is real. Like, it's not just, like, speculation. She's stunning. Uh, Flavi Bartla. She was... Um, Oh, I can't pronounce that. That's French. Cote d'Azur. Mm-hmm. Did I do it? She was Miss Cote d'Azur. Oh, frick. She... <laughs> is it always a Cote? Cote d'Azur. She was a pageant queen. <laughs> a pageant queen, yes. Is what we'll say. Um. Anyway, if Esteban's dating her, good for him. She's stunning. She's like 
You know how Kika is larger than life beautiful? Yeah. She is larger than life beautiful. Yeah. How are these Alpine drivers getting girls that look like that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, Mick Schumacher's girlfriend. Everything. She's everything. Uh, like, I'm obsessed with her. She's so... Her TikToks mm-hmm. are hilarious, and she's gorgeous, and he's always around and being cute and, like, with her. I know. And... Yeah, I'm just like... You know who else is really fun to follow on TikTok? Hmm. Liam Lawson's girlfriend. Yeah. She's very, like, relatable. Yeah, she's relatable. Down to earth. Like, I mean, Liam's not an F1 driver, but she's just so fun. Yeah. I just love it. So I love her. Um, also, in Wegmet news, Lando is single. <laughs> yeah. Lando is, is single. And I know this because I was informed that he was back on Raya like recently okay that is... also doesn't mean a whole no, no, lot no, 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 no. but listen listen so <laughs> on raya you can match with someone um and then if it if it goes somewhere it goes somewhere so <laughs> that's all i'll say that's i was describing every dating app ever <laughs> it's a dating app <laughs> but it's not like their profile shows back up on that explore whatever page so what had happened was this is from a source lando who had already previously shown up on said dating app, showed up again, which meant he deleted his account Mm. and created, or like he deactivated it and then went back on. Maybe his little summer fling with that um, girl who used to date the soccer player. Um, Maybe Maybe that that ended. ended. Anyway, so he's back on Raya. Good for Lando. Good for Lando. Um, Also, Carmen just biked biked from Paris to London. Yeah. The other way around, London to Paris. One of the two. I, I think London to Paris. I could never. I could and never. and George posted that she only got on a bike for the first time six weeks ago. Good for her. Is there anything she's not good at? I don't think so. She's everything. She has everything. He's just Ken. He's just, just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not. Anyway, that's the Wegman update. Wait. What? I have something to say. This just in. Spa has been extended. Mm-hmm. Um, Till 2025. Till 2025. Yeah. So we and others... Many, many others. People in, in F1 media, people who work in F1 and drivers themselves have all called for the track to not be used anymore in its current state. Mm-hmm. If it gets changed, that's different. They just extended it. So maybe they'll do renovations on it. I'm hoping that, that there know. was like a stipulation with with the track. Well, maybe that's why they didn't want to extend the like extend their contract longer than a year or two years because like honestly when these tracks are signed on to be part of the calendar it's usually for a few years yeah and spa was only like another year yeah so maybe they'll make adjustments and go from there yeah and i do i do like the fact that they didn't extend it for 10 years Mm -hmm. because qatar is extended for 10 years and people are pissed like it happened before this race yeah that just happened but people were already pissed but people were already pissed human rights violations that take place there that they're like why are they racing there right so i do like the fact that you know it's a couple years we'll see what what if any changes they make to the track hopefully um there are good changes yes okay track stats with ham okay so i'm gonna do track stats from a stats point of view and then you can you've been to koga so then you can take it on from like a personal point of view um so we're racing in austin this week yeehaw um i don't know why i did that (laughs) at circuit of the americas um 56 laps two drs zones the track first debuted in 2012 which is way like later on than i thought like i thought it was longer or had been around for longer before that the last american race was 
at Indy in 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a little bit of a gap there. Notable features for a viewer. I would say that the tower is probably the most like well-known, like just from, we've talked about like other races having Ferris wheels or whatnot. The Coda has like the giant tower. I don't really know why. I don't know what it's for. But we do have a motorsport friend who is interning with Coda. So maybe we can ask her. Um, Jillian, yes, let us know. Shout out, shout out, Jillian. <laughs> please let us know. Um, the the track limits. I don't know what you call them. The curbs. Yeah, but they're not called curbs either. But you know how there's sometimes designs or like lines or whatever painted. Mm-hmm. It's stars and stripes. Oh yeah, yeah. Are we surprised? No, not no. at all. Um, I think the coolest part of Coda is that into turn one you go uphill. Oh my god, that is the best first corner in any track i think not if you're carlos signs so last year no but like okay i'll you go first i'll say my thing after last year carlos qualified on pole mm-hmm. carlos was unfortunately his race was ended in the first corner after a collision with mr george russell <laughs> so yeah it's a great turn if you're not Carlos Sainz. But yeah, so last year, the, the eventual winners were Max, Lewis, and Charles. There was three DNFs, Lance, Valtteri, and Carlos. I just I just explained the heartbreaking end to Carlos's very short-lived race last year after taking pole. Lots of people took new power unit additions. It's just like that kind that time in the season last year. But notably, Charles took a new power unit. And so he actually started 11th instead, or sorry, 12th instead of second where he was supposed to. Um, so the race actually started Carlos Max Lewis. Um, in 2021, it finished Max Lewis Checo, which was exactly how they qualified. So also last year, Danny Rick showed up on a horse. Yes. Horsey McHorse. Is that was what he called it? That's what he called it, yeah. Horsey. That is so Danny Rick. That wasn't the horse's name, but that's what he called it. And I think because the horse itself had one of those badges to scan and it <laughs> said Horsey McHorse on it. Okay, that's hilarious. Very Danny Rick. Um, from a I've been there point of view, what did you think of Coda? Um, I did a hot lap, um, and that first, like, elevation, like, that incline into turn one, like, I, it, I don't, I don't have words. Like, it was absolutely insane. The track, it's, it's a great track, and a lot of the drivers love this track. A lot of them say it kind of feels more like a, like, a traditional European circuit, as opposed to, it's not lame, is what I'm going to (laughs) say. Like, it's not a lame track. Not lame. It's not lame. Coda, certified, not lame. A lot of places or a lot of spots for overtaking as well. There's no bad spot to watch the race. There's designated spots where you can go for general admission, but there's so many places that you can go that you'll always have a good spot, like you'll always have a good view. Um, and there's also so much to do at Coda. Like it's mm. not just watching the race. There's also F1 Academy, which we'll get into. Yes. We totally forgot about that. I bet you the food um, at Coda is amazing. It's like Food Truck Central. Yeah. Like, and it's the restaurants or like the stands and everything are good. Um, it's just a fun track and I'm really sad that we can't actually go Me too. I'm so and sad. watch the race, but it's fine. Maybe next year. We're going to watch it together next week and record immediately after. So yeah. If we're sad next week's podcast, it's just FOMO. Also, Austin itself is just a really beautiful city. So that's another thing. You don't watch practice sessions, but you might have seen this clip on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, look it up right now. Charles Leclerc, Coda, Top Gun. Do you know Wait, no, about? I did see this. Exactly. I saw it on Twitter. So as I said, you probably saw it on Twitter. Yeah. So during one of the practice sessions last year, Charles was like the last one on the track and it was just already cinematic. It was just beautiful. It was sunset. And then someone put the Top Gun like theme song over mm-hmm. it. It was Danger, Danger Zone, wasn't it? 
Okay, when you say Top Gun theme song, I think Danger Zone. That's kind of like a score. Okay, but it's a theme. It's fine. fine. Anyway, watch the video. There's a part where, like, right as the guitar riff happens, he's just coming up over the, like, he's, because, again, there's elevation changes, and then the Texas flag is in the back, and it's stunning. Like, it could have been scripted. Like, it was so good. Anyway, so YouTube that. Watch that if you want just something that makes you a little bit happy. Also, it's another American race, so we're bound to see some fun celebrity guests this weekend. I'm always excited to see who shows up. Matthew McConaughey is usually there. True. Matthew McConaughey, do you know he um, lived in Australia for a bit? And that's why half kind of his accent is... Really? Yeah, because he's got such a distinct accent. Yeah, he does. But it's Southern and, like, also not. It's Mm -hmm. because he kind of picked up some Australian twang when he lived there. Oh, okay. No, I learned that that is just a piece of information not to do with F1. Um, anyway, let's get into F1 Academy. F1 Academy is having their last race of the season in Austin, the same weekend that F1 is there, which is really exciting because a lot of us have not had the opportunity to watch F1 Academy. They just didn't broadcast it. But for people going to CODA, I think that people are going to want to watch F1 Academy. Um, but that being said, their their layout like their weekend schedule is a lot of, it's different than F1. So I just want to explain it quickly for those who are going to the race and want to know what is going on. Um so they actually have three races. So race 1 and race 3 are 30 minutes plus one lap and then race 2 is kind of like a sprint race. It's 20 minutes and then one lap. So they have two practice sessions and then they have two qualifying sessions. So for qualifying 1 it's it's the same as a regular race whoever gets pole starts first for the for the first race and then for race two it's kind of rotated so the drivers who finished in like it's the same as f2 okay if we know f2 this is going to be really easy if you don't know f2 i'm going to try to explain it um they they rotate the starting order so if you finished first for that qualifying session you're going to start eighth for race two. If you start, if you finish second, you're going to start seventh. And then essentially the person that qualified eighth starts first. And then the drivers that finished ninth through 15th in qualifying, um, start in that position as normal. And then qualifying two sets up the grid for race three. That was a lot of numbers. I really hope you followed along with that. The points are very similar to like the F1 points. It's 25 points for the first person yeah so the top 10 drivers get points 25 for finishing first and then 18 15 12 it goes down and that's for race one and race three race two again it's like a sprint so driver who finishes first gets eight points and then it goes down to eighth person getting one point um so very similar to it's kind of got a mix of like the f1 layout and the f2 layout mm-hmm. because f2 also has their sprints mm-hmm. and that qualifying slash starting grid order is reversed so i hope that makes sense i hope that you guys do watch these qualifying er, these F1 Academy sessions. Are they being tele- televised this week? I don't know. I thought so. Okay. But I have no idea. I think TSN. If you're Canadian, I think TSN is. Okay. I could be wrong. I can search my American cable later and see mm-hmm. um, if there is any, and then I could put it on our socials. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of assuming that if they're going to broadcast any of them this year, this would be this the one be because it. they've already got the crew out there. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I really hope so. So we shall see. Um, for those who are going, there's a lot of uh, our listeners that are going to CODA. Like, let us know how it is. Let yeah. us know how F1 Academy is. Um, it's the last race of the season. These girls have worked so hard all season long. Has, so. Okay. Um, so at this point, um, Marta Garcia has won F1 Academy. 
Um, well, I she's mean, in. Uh, she's pretty much out of points reach. Okay, let's do the math. Fifty. No. So Lena Bueller is in second place right now. But if by chance, for some reason, Marta does not finish any of the races and Lena like wins them, that's the opportunity for her to get a lot of points. So you know what? So it's twenty five for race one and three, right? Yeah. Okay, so there, so technically, mathematically, Lena could overtake Marta, but Marta would have to score like essentially no points. Yes. Um. So there is still like a championship fight to be had here. Also, there is a little bit of a fight for third as well. Hamda, she is uh, sitting in third right now, and she's really only eight points behind Lena Bueller. So there is still a fight to be had. It'll be a good, great weekend. I'm very excited. I wish. Mm-hmm. I really wish that we could be there and be, you know, know. cheering them all on. But oh well, maybe next year. There's points to be to be taken. There's, there's still, a championship in in one, maybe two drivers reach, and there's still a race to be won. That is our Coda update. Um, and I think for the last little bit, we will jump into Furious Hot Takes. Hot takes. Okay, so we're jumping into Furious Hot Takes, sponsored by Furious Motorsport, a motorsport apparel brand with a unique style, baseball jerseys sporting your favorite drivers and tracks. There's a Coda line. Um, oh my God, anyone who has Coda jerseys this weekend, please take photos of them. Oh, at the and, take track. and take us. And um, take us. Coda line, Danny Rick line, a Monaco home style jersey. There's really something for everyone at Furious. They have cropped and full length styles, perfect for any gender and occasion, from hanging out with friends to getting drinks to watching the races. You can wear these jerseys anywhere, and they're really good conversation starters because if I see someone wearing um, anything motorsport out in public, I'm I'm on, I'm on top of it. I'm like, hey, let's talk F1. Yeah. So use the link in our episode notes or the link in our social media bio for $5 off your order and get yourself a Furious Motorsport jersey. Thank you so much to Furious Motorsports for sponsoring this segment. And with that, we will jump right into Furious Hot Takes. Furious Hot Takes. Hannah, take it away. Yeah, okay. So this one's got a lot in it. So there's like a few different things. Okay. So this one was sent in from one of our listeners. Um, and thank you, Katie, for sending it in. She says we can use her name. Um, they say, I'm a newer... American F1 fan, and I can say that I cannot see the Vegas GP staying on the calendar for very long. With the budget increasing way too much, construction making life hell for residents, and the obnoxious glitz of US sports, and she kind of talked a little bit about the Miami GP driver's entrances, the only US race on the calendar that they enjoy is Coda, and I honestly wouldn't mind if it had just stayed that way or if they built tracks in more rural areas or unique smaller cities in our country rather than massive cities that are already congested. The prices are outrageous, and if they want to expand F1 in America, they need to focus more on what makes actual sense and less on what will make the most cash. So then she, then there's a quote from an article. Can I just say that Vegas is signed on until 2032? They have contracted to be I on didn't, the calendar I don't think I don't think this listener or myself knew that it was actually, hmm. like, yeah. if, that it had a 10-year, con- a 9-year contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so then they, they attached an article. Um, and they said, this is why I think there's such a lack of planning. And we had talked about this, about the barricades in the window. So this article said, for establishments such as restaurants and clubs with a seating capacity of 1500, the licensing tab would soar to a staggering 2.25 million, regardless of how many guests can catch views from the roof decks, terraces and dining areas. Refusal to comply with the demands has resulted in alleged threats from F1 sales representatives. They have warned venue owners that obstructions like barricades, stands, and light stanchions may be used to obstruct views, potentially ruining the race experience for their customers. Mm-hmm. And this just came out a month ago. And there is this when this was sent in, they said there's less than 100 days till the race. There's like 
less than a month to the race now. Mm -hmm. Also, this is besides the main point, but I'm going to need to see more F1 creators at the U.S. races rather than influencers who refer to the GP weekends as, quote, the big car race. Mm -hmm. Actual fans that take their time to create amazing, engaging content would help build a larger American audience, not those who are there for GP parties. That's my two cents. Keep slaying. (laughs) We will keep slaying. Um, There's a lot here. Okay, so... The hotels in Vegas, they have to charge their visitors an outrageous amount of money for hotel rooms that face the track. How many people are actually going to pay for that? Because if they're going to, if they're going to want to pay to go to the race, like they're going to spend the money to go to the race. Like what is a hotel room going to do? Right. Exactly. Um, there's a, a lot of issues. My dad was just in Vegas a few weeks ago, um, two weeks ago, actually. And he sent me photos of the track like or of everything kind of being built and he was like there's still a lot of work to do and this was two weeks ago like the grandstands are coming together but yeah I don't really know but even prices leading up to that weekend are crazy so I have a friend who is a huge New York Jets fan in the NFL and so she was trying to find um, a time to go see the Jets play somewhere in the States where she could, wherever she could get tickets for her and her husband mm-hmm. to go. And they had looked potentially at the November 12th weekend um, where the New York Jets are playing in Vegas. Um, they're playing the Raiders. And she said that like hotels, she's, she's a, a frequent Vegas goer. Like she's been multiple times. She, she knows what a, a reasonable price in Vegas looks like. And she said that hotels are like astronomical, even on the 12th of November. That's one week almost. There's That's five days before the race actually happens, but they're anticipating all these people coming early and just upcharging the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. And knowing that Which pe- they- some people might come to the NFL game and then wait till the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can charge whatever they want, but it's... What's the point? Like, I don't know. And this is, uh, this is, we're going to drag Indy back into this because like, I, you don't see that kind of crazy upcharge for Mm -hmm. Indy races. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's obviously a little bit of one, but this is like Vegas is insane. It's not for the fans. It's a spectacle and it's for money. And that's kind of what this listener is saying. They're saying like, look, we, we have done the thing by trying to get a, a younger American audience into F1. That's, that was DTS's mission. That's what they did. Great. That's great. Now these fans who are younger, want to go to races, and they can't. They can't. And we talked about this way back with Miami, and they, again, they mentioned with content creators. It's mm-hmm. like... They're, um, two girls, one formula. They're going to be in Vegas. I think that, I think they're going with Alfa Romeo. Well, that's amazing. I think. But that, like, the, that op- those opportunities should also happen at Miami, and that didn't happen. But also, it doesn't need to be, like, you're contracted with a team to go, like, I'm very happy for them. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. But it could just be, like... But- like we we just invited some content creators to be in the grid, not necessarily yeah. like through a team's hospitality. Like again, I'm so happy for them because at Miami they had Xandra Pohl with Alfa Romeo, who is like an influencer, and now they actually have an F1 content creators, mm-hmm. like two girls, one formula. That's awesome. But just to have people in the paddock or wherever at the races that will be making like more relatable content too. Like this is what it, it's like to sit in this grandstand, or this is what it, this is my day at Coda, mm-hmm. not in the paddock or in the paddock, whatever. Just like con- relevant content for those who want to go and hopefully can afford to. Right. Right now we're not doing that. We're making it unattainable for everyone. Pretty much everybody. And um, yeah. Races themselves are expensive. Hotel rooms do not need to also be astronomical. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't do that? Coda. Coda. Nope. Coda is affordable. Like we said this before. I think we've said it many times on this podcast, but like 
Coda's for the fans. Coda's always been for the fans. You have a hot take? I do have a hot take. It's a very short hot take compared to yours. That's okay. This was sent in almost over a month ago, but okay. it, it just kind of made me laugh. Okay, this hot take sent in by a listener. Charles is getting better and better at leaving people disappointed, and pretty soon Oscar Piastri is going to be better than him. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, I started as a Charles fan, so it's obviously not something that I wish for. Mm-hmm. I also don't wish for Oscar's downfall. I think that that I would love to see him do well too, as he has been. Mm. I don't want to see Charles continue to leave people disappointed. I don't also feel like I, as a Charles fan, have been ultimately too disappointed this season. I think that, yes, we wish for more, but at the end of the day, he can only do what his car is loving him to do. And you can tell, like, yes, Carlos has has won a race, but... It's not that it was, like, Carlos winning the race and Charles is down in P20. Like, they have been pretty comparable this season. Yes, Carlos has had the upper hand a couple times, but they have been pretty comparable. So you can tell, like, it's a matter of what the car can do. Um, Someone in our... she Someone had left a hot take and also, like, left a comment about Carlos at Ferrari and how he's actually the one being favored, not Charles. Um, The car setup is now more geared towards his style of driving as opposed to Charles's style of driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had made some really interesting points about why that is. Um, I, I don't really think it's like a hot take though, but I do want to just kind of throw it in here quickly. Two really big sponsors of Ferrari are Spanish brands, which could have something to do with it because they could want to see their Spanish driver, Carlos, succeed over Charles sort of thing. Um, again, F1 is, it's really a lot about money. Like, it's sponsorship, sponsorship dollars. game, yeah. Um, I, I, maybe this is a hot take in itself, but I actually don't think Ferrari has been favoring either driver. Hmm. I don't, I think, like I said, it's been pretty comparable. Yes, there's, there's the week, you know, where Carlos is ahead of Charles and they're telling Charles don't fight. I suppose that could be looked at as favoring, but I really don't, I personally don't think that's necessarily favoring Charles or Carlos. I think that that was just a team move. Like we need points and we, this is in the best interest of like the team. I don't necessarily think that there's like a favoring going on Okay. as much as you can sometimes see other teams. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. This follower had sent in, like she sent in more, more on this theory of why Carlos is being favored, okay. but I'm going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into it and talk about it in the next few episodes because sure. it's a whole conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, well, and I, I look, and we just like don't have time to get into it yeah, right now. I also look forward to, you know, the my mind stuff. being, my mind being changed yeah. if need be. True. <laughs> okay. But that was furious hot takes. Um, I guess I didn't really give my opinion on Charles and Oscar. No, you just asked for mine. I just did test for yours. <laughs> I think that that is a hot take. I think it's a hot take. I think Charles is an incredible driver and people are, only seeing what's happened this year yeah. and these last few races. I mean, it's the it's the recency bias, right? What yeah. we're seeing is, you know, Charles hasn't mm-hmm. won a race. Re- or... Recency bias. That's actually such a good way to put it. But, like, it's true. I, I'm i not going to say Oscar will be better than Charles. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that won't happen, but I think it's it's very, it's way too it's soon too, to It's too early. It's, yeah. It's, it's Oscar's first season. He's a rookie, you know? I think Charles is still an incredible driver. I yeah. think he is world championship material. And yeah. I don't say that about a lot of the drivers on the grid. Lando is one of them, though. Um, we could be world champions. Lando, we could be world champions. Anyway, that is that is the hot take. Thank you so much for your Motorsport for sponsoring this segment. Remember to use the link in our bio for $5 off your order. I'm so excited to see you all in your jerseys at Coda this week. Oh God, Please tag us. Tag Furious. Mm. We will repost it. Thank you so much for listening to Track Talk. We will have FOMO next weekend at Coda, but... 
that's okay. We're excited to see everyone's photos and videos and we will be back next week to debrief the whole thing.